Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders! Go, food needs refill! Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, audio, media, or radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe on all the platforms. Thought we'd squeeze one in before the final weekend of October. Again, at Harp on Sports Instagram, at Harp on Sports Twitter, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, and you can officially check it out now. It's done. It's completed. Can't thank Matt and company enough, baby. HarpOnSports.com revamped, redone. It looks sharp. It looks good. There's a column section. Just check it out at HarpOnSports.com when you have a minute. We house all the podcasts there and even an article or two or three. Going to get to that article coming up that I've got for you this weekend. All right, what do we have in store for you on this edition of Harp on Sports? Well, I'm looking at this now, and I'm saying to myself, you know, my Deshaun Watson wonderment is off the charts. Deshaun Watson, this trade could take place now with the Carolina Panthers. I like this one. I, I like this Panther potential trade. I do. So Deshaun Watson, Carolina Panthers, I think it benefits both parties. I'm always hesitant when it comes to this, especially when I'm in Miami's position with Tua. But I think that I think the Dolphins are going to have a tough time outflanking the Carolina Panthers. So we're going to get to that. Uh, that's going to be one of my big ones. Also, Florida, Georgia, Georgia, Florida, depending on your perspective. I'm a firm believer now that we don't have enough neutral site games. So I'm going to give you some more neutral site games that I think we need in college football. I went through and I found six of them. I created six neutral site games. It's not going to ruin any traditions. It's not going to ruin any rivalries. And actually, I'm creating a couple of them based on the new conference alignments. So we're going to get to that. Because let's face it, the SEC is going to have a couple of them now, right? The SEC is going to have Oklahoma, Texas. The SEC has Florida, Georgia. The SEC has Arkansas, A&M. These are all great. These neutral site games are great. So I'm going to add a couple more under the college football umbrella. And then Roger Goodell... We found out we find out today that he's made three hundred and forty five million dollars as the commissioner of the NFL. You ready for this? It's gonna to be tough for me to say this. It's a bargain. Roger Goodell, three hundred and forty five million dollars over fifteen years is a bargain. He made sixty one million dollars last year. It's a bargain. Believe it or not, it's a bargain. I'm gonna tell you how. So over this Deshaun Watson thing first. It started to bubble to the surface late Friday that Deshaun Watson could be on his way to Charlotte, Carolina Panthers. The latest rumor was two firsts, a second, and Christian McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson. Now, if I'm the Texans, that has my interest more than two firsts, a second, a third, a fourth, whatever the Dolphins are throwing my way. They've already made it known that they don't want Tua. If I'm the Texans, do I want Christian McCaffrey? Not really, no. So, If I'm the Carolina Panthers, what I do at this point is I bring a third team into the equation. I think the Deshaun Watson to Carolina deal could get done. Now, one of the big sticking points with the Dolphins deal is Stephen Ross wants all legal worries to be cleared. He doesn't want any of that. Apparently, with Deshaun Watson, he doesn't want that lingering. Apparently, Carolina doesn't care. Apparently, the Panthers, David Tepper and company, they don't really care. So this one, I think, has a chance to get done. Now, I think there are a couple layers to it. And it's a big deal because the AFC South right now, when you look at it, at least from the Jaguars perspective, from the Titans perspective, 
You know, Houston's off on its own little island. It's kind of crazy what's come of them. And then where the Colts sit, the Titans are built right now. The Titans are built to run this division for the next two, three years. With Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry is just on a different planet. So the Titans are built for the next two or three years. Then all this young talent in Jacksonville will start to kick in. Who knows what's going to happen with Carson Wentz and, and the Colts? I don't know. But with the Texans, they need to rebuild this thing in a hurry. And they need to get as many pieces to start putting this puzzle together. And I think Deshaun Watson for two firsts, a second, and Christian McCaffrey are it. Now, if I'm the Houston Texans, I'm also working out a deal in which I move Christian McCaffrey immediately. I don't want a $60 million running back that plays seven games a year. Pass. Pass. Now, is there a team out there that's crazy and foolish enough to take them? You bet there is. There's a team right now, and again, if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, but he can't, if he can stay healthy, the problem in Carolina is he's their only weapon, and they brutalize that dude. Just runs out of gas. He's not built for that. He's just not. So if I, if I were the Houston Texans, I'd do it. You bet. You send me two first. You send me a second. You send me McCaffrey, but I'm picking up the phone, and if this team would be insane not to at least think about it, and that would be the Buffalo Bills. If I were the Buffalo Bills, would, if you were the Bills, would you offer a third for McCaffrey, a second for McCaffrey? And all of a sudden, I am the Houston Texans, and I can get two firsts and two seconds, essentially, for Deshaun Watson. You'd say two seconds equal a first, wouldn't you? At least the thought process is there. I'd take McCaffrey, and I'd flip him immediately to Buffalo. And if you're Buffalo, your leading rusher right now hasn't gotten more than 64 yards in his last five games. That's where you are running the football, Buffalo. And if you can get Christian McCaffrey in there with Josh Allen and that zoo, because let's face it, in the AFC, who do you need to contend with now? You got to contend. Well, the Chiefs aren't even a thought right now, right? You got to contend with Baltimore. You got to contend with the Bengals. If you're in the AFC, the Browns, Baker Mayfield, the, the Chargers. Think about what the AFC throws your way now. The Titans. You got to contend with that in your Buffalo. You get Christian McCaffrey. You can contend with that. You bet you can. You bet you can. So if I am the Buffalo Bills, you bet I would I would consider doing that. A late second round pick, it'd be like what? The 55th pick in the draft, something like that. I get the 55th pick. I get McCaffrey. Now that takes on $30 million in contract. But those are the deals that I would do. Again, Deshaun Watson, Carolina, I like this. They're talking about adding Christian McCaffrey. Of course, Carolina's talking about adding Christian McCaffrey. That way they can dump $30 million and get out of that contract and start thinking about something else. Got their quarterback. That money can immediately go to Deshaun Watson then. Of course, they want to move on from Christian McCaffrey. Can't stay healthy. But if I'm the Bills, it's a risk I'm willing to take. I'm willing to take a second-round flyer on McCaffrey because I'm not going to beat him into the ground because I got Josh Allen and I got other weapons. That's what I would do. So there you go. My... Watson wondering has got me thinking as the trading deadline closes in. Changes the dynamic of the AFC South. You're not going to play for the Texans again anyway, but boy, it can it can really revamp some things. Okay. From that to this, I'm going to go I'm going to get back to Roger Goodell that we found out how much Roger Goodell's making. He made $345 million over the term of his 14 years as the commissioner of the NFL. You you start to take that and he made $61 million this year, but that's a bargain for what value he is. You may not like the dude. That's fine. But financially, $61 million is a bargain. Before I get to that, I want to do this. The cocktail party's here. Florida, Georgia, Georgia, Florida. 
in Jacksonville and getting a chance to witness this is a neutral site game. It's enjoyable, you know, and they've, they've kicked around the idea of making Florida, Georgia, a campus home and home. And then it just gets lost in the shuffle. It really, really does. Now you don't want to make too many neutral site games because I think too many, they become boring and dull and they, they kind of lose a little zip, but I think, you know, and you look around at conferences, the SEC is going to have three on an annual basis coming up. They're going to have Texas, Oklahoma, when they when they join, they already have Arkansas, A and M, and they've got Florida, Georgia, and they used to have Alabama, Auburn. So I'm sitting here thinking about this, and, and Florida, Georgia is unique. And I went through and I crunched the numbers. I did mileage wise, and I came up with six, six games that I think should move to a neutral site immediately. Six games in college football that should be put at a singular location, played there every single year, and it would up the interest and the value of it. I'm going to start small and work my way up. I'm going to start with the Big Ten. Indiana-Purdue should take place at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis every single year. It's the last game of the year for both of them. Neither of them are going to be spending much time in Indianapolis for the Big Ten title game. I just think Indiana and Purdue in Indianapolis... Be a great thing, way to wrap things up. Neither draw capacity crowds ever for this game. Oh, it's a great rivalry. Oh, come on. You can, if I can ask you to name me two, three moments the last 20 years of this rivalry, you couldn't. Play for the old Oaken Bucket. That's great. Fantastic. Fine. If a neutral side game is good enough for Oklahoma, Texas, Florida, Georgia, it's good enough for Indiana and Purdue. So one of the six games I would make a neutral site game every year would be Indiana-Purdue. Again, I'm starting small and I'm working up. The next one I have on my list is a game that doesn't even exist yet because they're just about to join the conference. I went through and looked at the mileage. It's about 12 miles more for West Virginia than it is for Cincinnati. West Virginia, Cincinnati every single year in Cleveland. I, I think it's something like 218 miles from Cincinnati and 206 miles for West Virginia. Cincinnati comes to the Big 12. West Virginia is already there. A Cincinnati-West Virginia game in Cleveland every single year. It's a shorter drive for West Virginia fans than for Cincinnati fans. The game's not even on the docket yet, so you can't tell me, oh, there's tradition here. for it. No, there's not. And all the power and glory and at least all the traditions that you do have are over on that side of the Big 12. UCF coming in, they're too far apart to pull anything off. West Virginia... Cincinnati every single year in Cleveland. You can do it the first month of the year before it gets cold. Again, picking six college football games I think should move to a neutral site in honor of Florida, Georgia this weekend. The next one I have on the list is one that's just fun just because of how different the cultures are. We're going to find a distance in between them. And now the mileage is a little bit farther for these teams. It's about you are getting in the 300 plus mile range here, but that's as far as Georgia travels to play in Jacksonville this weekend. Yeah, Georgia-Jacksonville is about 360 miles. Here's distances that are even smaller. How about this one? Arizona State, the Sun Devils, in Las Vegas, new stadium against Utah. Arizona State and Utah every year in Sin City. Utah, Mormonism, different culture. Arizona State. Think about Sin City, the Sun Devils, Utah. You talk about polar opposites. And 
they call BYU Utah the Holy War, right? When BYU and Utah play, they call it the Holy War. So it saved me the sanctimonious, oh, we can't. Oh, of course you can't. The Sun Devils, Devils, Vegas, Sin City, Utah, Arizona State, Utah, Las Vegas every single year. So there's my third neutral site game that I think we should add to the fray. Uh, going up and down, I was trying, trying to think here. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I've got one from the Pac-12. I've got one from the Big 12. I gave you one from the Big 10. What about the ACC and SEC? I'll save the SEC one for last. The ACC I came up with two. First of which, Syracuse, Pitt, in Buffalo. Now, with Syracuse and Pitt in Buffalo, I'd want to wait until I got a new stadium built. I would, I'd, I'd want to wait until I got a new stadium built for Syracuse and Pitt because playing it, you know, come on, that old dilapidated, not, 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 no, huh? But I, I think, you know, Pitt and West Virginia was a backyard brawl and it was great. It's gone now and whatever. But I, I think Syracuse and Pitt, they, they play that game at the Carrier Dome or, or Pitt at Heinz Field, whatever. You stick that thing in Buffalo where both fans can travel and the distance isn't outrageous. I think it's 150 miles. I think I looked it up for Syracuse and like two and a half hours, 190 miles or something like that for Pitt. So Pitt's 190 miles to Buffalo and Syracuse is 150. Make that thing interesting. Play it in Buffalo every year. My second on my list, Miami, Florida State and Tampa. It's 250 miles, 240 miles for Florida State. Just a little bit farther. 238, 250. Miami, Florida State, looking to add some spice back to this thing that was once great. And you can kind of look at that and say, oh, Florida, Georgia have their little cute thing in um, Jacksonville. That's nice. Florida State, Miami every year. Tampa. It's trying to add something to it because when it's played at Miami, eh, add a little spark in this thing. Make this thing neutral. You can call it the battle for Florida. You can hand out a ridiculous trophy like a Florida State championship. Whatever you want to do to seize it up a little bit. And my last one. Neutral site games that I'd like to see coming up here, Florida, Georgia. And again, I'm going to recap. Purdue and Indiana every year, Lucas Oil, Indianapolis. West Virginia, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's joining the Big 12. West Virginia, Cincinnati every year in Cleveland. I like Arizona State, the Sun Devils, in Utah, in Vegas. like that dichotomy and terminology and morality. In the ACC, I would love to see Pitt and Syracuse play in Buffalo, once they get the stadium situation figured out, Miami, Florida State, in Tampa, and the one that I really like to see, really like to see done, is LSU have a neutral site game against Ole Miss in New Orleans. LSU, Ole Miss in New Orleans, and look, the distance from New Orleans to Baton Rouge is farther than the diff- distance from Gainesville to Jacksonville, and the distance from Oxford at Ole Miss to New Orleans is closer than it is from Georgia and Athens to Jacksonville. So Georgia, look, it's a 90-minute drive by bus. If it's a real, real slow day, a 90-minute, 80-minute drive from Florida, University of Florida to Jacksonville, it's six hours for Georgia. It's a jaunt for them. Everybody loves this. I'd love to see LSU and Ole Miss every year in New Orleans. A&M and Arkansas work in Houston, or excuse me, A&M and Arkansas work in Houston. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma going to be in Dallas. And then we got to go Florida, Georgia. 
So those are the six games I'd like to see moved to a neutral site that I think would make it interesting. When's the last time you thought about Arizona State, Utah? I mean, what, what, what game are you? Oh, you're going to really hurt. You could try to sell me Miami, Florida State, maybe. But Indiana, Purdue's going to hurt by moving it to Lucas Oil and Indy. Come on. Pitt, Syracuse is going to be hurt by moving it to Buffalo. Come on. You, just add, you add an element to it by making it a neutral site game every year. I wanted to wrap with this. Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell. We find out today that he's made $345 million as the commissioner of the SEC. Or commissioner of the SEC. Roger Goodell's made $345 million as the commissioner of the NFL. He is wrapping up a five-year deal that pays him close to $200 million. And he's making $61 million this year. And you're going to hear everybody rag on this. Roger Goodell makes too much money. $61 million is too much. $61 million is too much. No, it's not. Tim Cook, CEO of Apple. Made $165 million last year. CEO of Apple made $165 million. Roger Goodell made $61 million. You say, well, Apple's so much bigger than the NFL. That's why I didn't make as much. Roger Goodell's in charge of $32 billion entities. $2 billion entities, right? I think every team in the NFL is worth $2 billion now, right? Roger Goodell's got to get 32 billionaires to agree on something. And then imagine how tough it is to get 32 people. Imagine how difficult sometimes it is to get half that. Imagine how difficult it is to get 16 people to agree on something. Roger Goodell's got to get 32 billionaires who always get what they want to agree on something, then get all the players to agree to that something, and then negotiate TV contracts. Meanwhile, you're the most popular brand in the world, or at least here in America, that has a microscope on you unlike anything other. $61 $61 million a year for Roger Goodell is actually underpaid compared to CEOs of major corporations. Is it John Laguerre, CEO of T-Mobile, $158 million. So you got the CEOs of telephone companies. I'm just giving you phone companies. CEO of like ExxonMobil, like oil companies make $100 million. So you have these CEOs of telecom and oil. It, Jeff Bezos made a couple billion dollars. I, I mean, he's the owner. It's a little bit different. Elon Musk, owner, a little bit different. But you have these own CEOs of certain companies. CEO of my former company that I used to work at made like $30 million. It's great. You, if you can get it, you can get it. But the whole thing that Roger Goodell, $61 million, this is ridiculous. He's never played a down in his life. Yeah, how many telephones is the CEO of Apple built? How many pipelines is the CEO of Exxon drilled? Stop it. It's a business. Roger Goodell has negotiated $100 billion worth of TV contracts for the next decade. Roger Goodell, commissioner of the NFL, responsible for $100 billion worth of TV contracts. He made $61 million. Take $100 billion, divide it by $61 million to see what you come up with. The value that that man brings, the owners love him. Why? Because he makes them extremely wealthy. Roger Goodell in a business model, is underpaid. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, audio, media, radio, network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports, all your platforms, including harponsports.com. It's new. We got it up. Can't thank Matt and the gang enough for building it. I'm going to give them a plug in, in, in some of our posts coming up here because the website's fantastic at harponsports.com. Even I have my first article put up there. NFL football players is Halloween villains. Slashers. Derrick Henry's the Michael Myers. Patrick Mahomes is Freddy Krueger. It, it's, it's fun. Check it out at harponsports.com. And remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. 
Georgia 31, Florida 13. Give them the points. Frankenstein. Have fun with your friends.